0: This is Tap In Time, a Chapman Stick podcast. Whether you've played the instrument for years or are just curious, if it's stick talk you're looking for, this is the place. So come along and stay a while.
1: Hello out there and welcome to Tap In Time. This is episode number 24 and I am Victor. I'm Claire. And I'm Gene. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Today we are joined by Abby Clutario from her home in Manila in the Philippines. Abby is a talented multi-instrumentalist and vocalist, maybe best known for her singing, Chapman stick and keyboard work in the progressive rock band Fusebox. Now for those not familiar with the band, let me say that Fusebox is one word and it's spelled with two X's at the end. So now you can go check them out if you don't know who they are. They're really, really good. And they're super rad. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) outside of Fusebox, Abby keeps pretty busy on social media. She puts out a lot of real neat content, stick stuff, piano, vocals, compositions, multi tracks, jams, gear tutorials, uh, all spreading out across a variety of musical genres. Uh, In my opinion, she is a must follow on social media, and we're really glad to have her on. So Abby, welcome to Tap In Time.
2: Hello, guys. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I gotta say that bit about FuseBoss. That's always my script, too.
0: (laughs) Always. That's that's two axes.
2: That's two axes. Because if because if it becomes three, that's different.
0: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Just
0: kidding,
1: guys. Oh, that'll wake you up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, know all right. I, know right. I was well, as I was saying that you know I'm I'm a child of the '80s, right? And so I'm thinking Top Gun. No, no, there's two O's in Goose, and um, there's that line. I don't know if any of that. I'll, maybe I'll cut that out. I don't know. So, uh, so Abby, <laughs> uh, um, tell us about yourself. You know, uh We'd really like to hear how you got started in music and, you know, we're not, you know, we're not restricting this to just, uh, your work with the Chapman stick. How did you get started in music and, you know, tell us about Fusebox and tell us how the stick came into your life. And, uh, you know, can we get a musical <laughs> autobiography? But let's
3: start with one, just one question, if that's okay. Cause I want to know all these, I have, I've been <laughs> waiting years for this, right? So why, Abby, why music?
2: oh my goodness all right why music well as i told you earlier off record uh i was born in uh, this town where my grandparents uh lived with uh i lived with my grandparents okay my my parents uh, stayed in my uh lola we call lola as a grandmother uh in their place and you know she had a piano she's a she was a Preschool teacher, but she also taught music because she learned music on her own. She was self taught, and you know what more would grandparents do than to teach all of her, you know, grand (laughs) children music and the piano. So whenever, you know, the the granddaughters and the grandsons visit her here, uh, they would all need to have the piano lesson <laughs> and i was part of that but you know i i i had the chance to be with her every single day so the piano was just you know part of our lives and um she told me or i i i kind of remember like i was you know tinkling with the piano for five years old you know a, a little kid that was curious enough and to be able to see somebody play the piano and you go me next, me next, or something like that. <laughs> you know, always went like that. <laughs> and she was also, you know, a diva- uh, Catholic devotee. So she was part of our church, uh, little church, Catholic church here. And by six, I think, or seven, she let me join the kitty choir, okay, the children's choir. And, you know, uh, I was singing there. Uh, and then I was able to. Uh, get inspired with the keyboard player at that time because she was not using notes uh, on her pieces. It was just lyrics and chords. So I think, what was this? Well, how did you play? You know, how do you play your keyboard like that? And that started me uh, on harmony and uh, and that was uh, that part of um, my uh, music uh, uh, journey was self taught. You know, I I, I did uh, love to you know explore on harmony. And my, my grandmother, you know, taught me to stick to notes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, mm. so, you know, I got the best of both worlds at that time. And I explored on, um, maybe I think when I was nine, I explored on the guitar. But just a bit, you know, just a accompaniment bit of it. Yeah, and then come high school, you when know, we were about to decide um, the course for college, okay, so... Mm
0: oh game time game <laughs> yeah so this time. is game
2: time all right yeah, so okay. music Big was decisions. not music was not really the first choice for for the course okay my right. first choice was math
3: <laughs> math oh, okay yeah,
2: yeah. i had i had wow. an inkling with you know with, with academics back then i, I loved I loved math um, and I said yeah well, maybe because well my my first when you know when, when you know when when uh, adults say what do you want to be when you grow up you know sort of like that and I see my grandmom teach little kids in her preschool which was in the garage by the way <laughs> and then I said yeah maybe I would I would like to be a teacher when I grow up and so that was my first choice and then there was a second choice that I had to make that I had put to put in the application form. <laughs> and then this school happened to have music. So I said, yeah, maybe let's try it out. Music, okay. BS, yes. Bachelor of Music. Okay. And then the wait list came out. Okay, I was in the wait list for the math course. But I was already in on this, on the music one. Okay, so I decided, okay, while waiting for... For the waiting list to come up and, you know, let's
1: try music. And then I go. And, and math has been waiting ever since.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's
1: what happened. Okay, so wait a minute. There were more people wanting to uh, enroll in math courses than the music courses. That, I would not have guessed that that's the way it would be. <laughs> Or, no, or Abby I, was viewed
4: as more adept at music? I don't know. It's one or the other, right? I, I don't know how you apply <laughs> over there. I don't know the criteria over there. Yeah,
2: yeah. Actually, in that college, it's actually one of the uh, popular uh, universities here in the Philippines. is the University of the Philippines. And the way they go about it is that there are quota courses and there are non quota courses. So in the quota courses, they even if you pass the exam, you still have to reach that cutoff of number of the, of the number of the students that they have to admit. So let's say for this school year, they just need 100 students for math. All right. And it so happened uh, that time, both of them actually were non quota courses. You didn't have, but I was still got waitlisted on the math thingy. All right. For the music... It wasn't really a conservatory of music style. It was more of um, they put it into you know a college curriculum. So I guess they you just needed to have this score, so that you can go into music. But the thing was, even if you pass that music, the application form and all of the the what do you call that the entrance examination, you still have to pass the talent exam, the talent portion, <laughs> the talent talent exam and music theory exams in music. So that's a separate test. And you know, I I, I went through that while waiting for the math course to come out.
1: (laughs) So you're still waiting to get into the math then? (laughs) They still haven't notified you that it's now your time. Sorry, (laughs) math.
0: Sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They did actually notify me, but I was already enrolled (laughs) in music. Yeah, I made my decision that time. So the rest was history. So well actually obviously um, there wasn't, you know, anything about chap and stick about that time. Uh, I they let me choose which um, which uh, major I should take. Um, I did think about to have major in uh, piano that time, but. The requirements were just so very uh, challenging at that point. Because at that point, I didn't know that you really had to, you know, pass the talent auditions and stuff like that. You ha- For the piano, I remember, you have to memorize <laughs> certain pieces. And, you know, uh, me being self-taught, uh, just, you know, had like summer classes for piano. It wasn't really advanced. I wasn't really ad- on the advanced skill that I was you. Um, doing sonatas and concertos or something like that that you know compared to the classical uh, players does so that was it so I ended up in choral conducting so that was my major because he yeah it was wow. pretty neat stuff actually it's it's nice because you know I was I joined the kitty choir from a young age in high school I was at the league club so it's kind of there's like there's not much
3: there's not much else you can do abby i mean you've been doing this all your life right like yeah you're so really good i at think it's it being
2: laid down for me and it was just right in front of me to you know waiting for me to grab it so i guess that was just it
1: so then after college what happened how'd you get to well i'm
2: to the band i'm yeah, yeah
1: i'm on the edge of my seat i want to know how you came about to, uh, to, to come <laughs> okay, up with, right. uh, with this band
2: College, I was able to get into my first real professional job it was that uh, in 2000 in 2001 um, the Philippines had the first ever um, professional orchestra in choir okay and just you know uh, when I was about to graduate they uh, auditioned uh, they they opened for additions to to have and I got in so I was in the alto uh, I got into the alto section of the choir so I was part I think I I think I remember I'm the young I was the youngest in that batch so two thousand and one and then at that same time my former churchmate which is now my husband my partner <laughs> invited me to join his trio group that he was forming so it was just you know an experimental group at that time i think they wanted to do some um, fusion or stuff he had he was a keyboardist and he had a friend bassist and a drummer so it was a trio group and that time they wanted me to join actually okay that was um and then they hired uh, and then they called up their friend who was a male vocalist so now they were four. But he said that I think we wanted to, you know, uh, have some another, another flavor for it. So can you join us or try to, you know, let's just try to jam and uh, maybe do a few cover songs or something. And so, okay. All right. That was, um, was that the first group? Yeah. I think that was the first uh, band that I ever had that, w- that was rock, uh, rock-based. And then... Of course, you know, as, as any new bands would uh, would do, we would listen to our individual, you know, uh, musical influences, you know, uh, music inspirations. And that was the first time I heard progressive music too. And I was really, you know, amazed at how how classical music, in my own opinion, was taken to a different level. That's how I saw it at that time, especially because I was still in college and I was, you know we were there analyzing stuff analyzing western music and and there I go listening to Rush and yes and what is this like you know that's (laughs) that was really really clearly amazing to me and so um, from the way it happened uh, when we were jamming of course we didn't start off yes we're gonna write prog music we didn't (laughs) we didn't really think about that I was pretty young back then so we started just jamming songs that we like we were almost um 80s 80s kids so we you know we had fun making new wave stuff new covering new wave but came out very rockish <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> because we had the drummer you know we had we had we had a full uh full band coming along and I was singing so imagine you know a younger version of me singing new wave songs with a less rocky vocal <laughs> flavor <laughs> And so, you know, it it was really a mix up of of that kind of music and, and, you know, we were, we just enjoyed, uh, gigging, um, uh, visiting bars, having our, we called it bar hopping back then, but it was actually like auditioning one bar from one bar to the next, (laughs) hoping they would dig the (laughs) versions that we do.
3: (laughs) So you were actually performing, you were performing in the clubs then at that age?
2: yeah i was uh i was performing when i was a uh, i started gigging when i was 21 i think
0: okay yeah, um, that's my next yeah, question
2: yeah but it wasn't actually like a regular thing you know it was kind of like oh there's an addition <laughs> music to <this."> never is <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> until now <laughs> until yeah
2: yeah so and it wasn't really you know th- that's actually how uh the band Fusebox started out with we, three-piece group then I came uh, around a few months after and then um, when no bars uh, seemed to think that we can be a regular thing <laughs> we started doing our own stuff you know maybe we should just write our own stuff so you know we were jamming and it that's where actually it took off um, our musical influences we combined most of them and I tried to in a way, try to apply what I've learned and arranged um, the instruments, too, as they came along. Because um, our band leader usually thinks of a riff or a line or even, you know, just a bit of lyric or something. And then I would um, help them put it out together. And, you know, the rest was history. We made um, two albums We've had you know uh, members come and go, <laughs> yeah. But we've had a a bit of quite of a following, but just for for the niche. It's it's just a niche. It's you know, um, it's still like that for any progressive group that that has come along, even even in other um, in other countries. Well, especially here in the Philippines, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think when we started progressive music, uh, we were one of the few who has just, you know, started that kind of, you know, digging into that kind of music. Uh, The others were just, you know, fans and listeners, and nobody really tried to make their own. So, yeah, that was, I I think that was Hmm. one of the things that made us um, get inspired to do our own thing there.
1: Well, that's cool. Well, so that's how a a progressive rock band gets off the ground, huh? That's cool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So when did
1: the stick come in?
2: All right. So the stick came in. Okay. So we were we were formed two thousand one after about nine after about nine years, if I may say so. Even before Fusebox was gigging and doing their own songs, I was already familiar with the Chapman Stick. Uh, of course, uh, I heard it first with Sean Malone, in his um, group,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then when i researched more about it i heard of course the melodies of greg Howard. so that was the that was the really first time i really uh, appreciated how this acoustic sound of this uh, chapman stick sounded like so it was like um i always would tell it was like a cello for me that was the sound that it that was emanating um compared to a guitar that was like a violin so that was my analogy for for that for the sound oh, of that's the chapman cool. stick yeah, that time, especially when when, uh, when uh, the stick figures, uh, when I heard the stick figures from Greg. So, but at that point, it was just a dream. Okay, <laughs> it was just a dream because I know first that it's hard to get instruments from the U.S. going here in the Philippines, especially way back then. And yeah, that's to- a common
1: theme we hear.
2: Yes. And two, also because it was really, you know, it, it's not a cheap instrument. You really have to, you know, uh, invest on it, as, as I would say, in, a, in acquiring any instrument. So what we had back then, what was available at that time was um, there's no Facebook yet. There's no anything. Um, there's Amazon, but there was also the forums. So we had music forums, you know, uh, in the Philippines, too. And, our guitarist back then saw a post that somebody was selling a Chapman stick, and it was uh, it was here in the Philippines in Manila, and so mm-hmm. we wondered what why is why does he have one or why is he, and why is he selling it so that was our guitarist back then and all of us actually in the band we were in awe of the Chapman stick so all of us wanted really wanted to get it okay but he was the one who discovered it and he said okay I'm gonna talk to this guy I'm gonna you know interview him what happened okay so so he discovered that this guy got the Chapman stick from somebody from another country maybe Hawaii I don't remember but it was just sitting on the wall it was like a display Okay, so he decided. This guy decided to buy it and bring it here. But I think he, I think he was a basis too. But he wasn't uh, able to learn it through and through. And so he decided to sell it. And so our guitarist was really on the brink of sell- of you know of buying it. But at that time, his wife was um is pregnant. It's about to have a baby. So they you know they have to. <laughs> <laughs> to tweak the Make
3: vanazas. the right choice, man. Make yes. the right choice.
2: <laughs> okay. So here's the clincher part. Our other member, our band leader. Okay. Now my husband, he's the one who secretly bought it from us. Okay. So you bought it from the from the seller, but he didn't tell anybody. Okay, he said He said to himself, I wanted to learn this on my own. I want to see if I can do it. This is a new thing <laughs> for me. So, la, la, la. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, there. Okay, three months passed, and then our bassist, at that time at Fusebox, quit. Okay, so we didn't have a bassist. and. And uh, he finally revealed his secret that time, you know. Oh, I, I was the one who bought the Chapman stick, by the way. <laughs> but I <laughs> but I tried learning it and it was, yeah, I, I couldn't, you know, wrap my head around it. So there, so, okay, can I try? Can I try? So everybody was like, can I try? Can I try? <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs>
2: so that was the first time I was able to get my hands on the stick. And, you know, that time it was what is this it's it's really it was really really nice i i can already you know feel that a nice sound was ringing out of it um of course at that time uh, it wasn't really set up quite nicely as it is um but it's nice that it, it still had nice strings it wasn't really rusted but i had to change it a few months after that's the first time i got to Uh, to hear from Emmett and uh, the stick enterprises. So, okay, another story. (laughs) Abby, what what
4: sort of stick was it? It was like 10, 12?
2: Okay, it was a grand stick. Okay. Okay. It's the grand stick, the uh, paddock wood. Um, Yeah, Mm. and it had the match reciprocal (laughs) tuning. So that was it. And I said to Eric, our band leader, Eric, I said, Eric, um, I have a proposition for you. <laughs> if I can study this thing and I could, I would be able to play it in, in a few months' time. Can I buy it from you in installments? <laughs> <laughs> that was my proposition for him. So, well, he agreed, and the rest is history. And <laughs> I told you about the bassist quitting, right? So they told me, hey, wait a minute. The Chapman stick has bass strings, doesn't it? So why don't you try to, you know, maybe we can try it for a fuse box and just, you know, learn the bass, even just the, you know, the heads, whole notes and all of those. Maybe you can try to figure it out. So Uh there. So that's how I started with the Chapman stick. I wanted actually to learn it, um, you know, as a really melodic instrument, but it ended up. As a need also for fuse box, so my uh, learning curve went from you know being a like a two handed bass thing, and then eventually I figured out um, how to work on the melodies and there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's that's an interesting story for me because that's kind of the way I approach the instrument. Clearly, I don't have you know I, I'm just I'm a hobbyist uh, as far as my skills go. But when I bought it, that was kind of my plan. Hey, I can I can learn the bass side yes, and I can play yeah. with people, and because I wanted to play with people. And then you know uh, right. in the future after that, you know uh, I'll eventually start learning to play the melody side. So. Ah, that's cool. I'm just like Abby, except she yeah. <laughs> did something more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, this pandemic brought a lot, you know, good and bad for everyone, and that was uh, the good part of it. You know, I was able to explore more in the stick, and I was able to make um, nice melodies, melodies with it. And you know, um, going back to to having learned the Chapman stick uh, first as a bass. Uh, instrument it was actually i was really hesitant because i was um years back when i was trying to play the bass guitar i didn't really you know i had that knack of um continuing because the this bass guitar strings are very thick you know uh very thick and it wasn't If if you see my hands are really like and, you know, and I didn't quite get how, how you're supposed to make it resonate or something. And the bass itself was quite heavy. The bass guitar, uh, bass guitars usually are heavy, so I cannot figure it, figure out how I'm supposed to carry it and all of that, you know. So but when I saw the chapman stick, I was able to carry it, carry it. And you know, I, I coming from the uh, books that I saw, how to carry it, how to play with it. It's just, you know, it, it came so naturally that I was able to, to find my own tone that if you could relate to that, you know, finding your own tone with your fingers and the instrument itself. So yeah, it's a nice experience for me.
3: Do you know something that I've, I've kind of observed as a, you know, just a person in our community is your, um, you're just your musical persistence. It doesn't really matter what role that, you know, it's just like, um, it's just, you just really enjoy music. And I think that that, um, this, this whole idea and concept around the stick as a bass, it's, it's always a great like lead in for like a chat, like an icebreaker for Chapman stick players. You know, it's like, is it a bass? you know, and like, it's like, what's the best pickup or what tuning do you use? You know, it's one of those kind of philosophical debates that we just love, you know, we're just like, Oh, we can't get enough of those. Um, oh
2: yes. Oh yeah. Right.
3: But when it, when it comes to like, just actually outputting music and being creative, that hasn't stopped you. And so I'm so it's, it's interesting to hear kind of the backstory of how you came to be. Cause I remember just loving Fusebox and seeing the, is it the, Pugbolic video and just Thank like
2: you. Yeah, yeah. and like
3: freaking out and I was like <laughs> finally, finally like look and like it, it's like a great song and the, the production was so fantastic and you know you. yeah and um, I thought well you know this is it and then it was like well well now she's the bassist and it was like well you were doing the keys and singing and it was like doesn't that poor woman have enough already like on her plate (laughs) that now she's got to hold down the bass part too. And it was just like, this is how kind of like, like that's where the Chapman sticks perfect for you because it has this range and you don't need to be classically trained, but having it is so helpful because you can pick up on the patterns and you can pick up on these sequences or the way it lies with your voice. And so kind of hearing the backstory of how that came to be super exciting for me, because I always kind of wondered, well, like now, and then there's another singer in the band, right? So there was another singer in the band. And and then and, and just it just kind of evolved, and it just kind of evolved around you. You kind of moved with it, and I think that's such a, a testament to your musicality.
2: Yeah, well, I always believe that, you know, um, everything is constantly moving, and even more so for progressive music. You know, I believe that you can only say that something is progressive when it's continuously developing and moving. And what happened to Fusebox over the years, you know, with changing bands and changing the lineup, um, the music was always there in a way. The, The composition is there, but we know, all of us for a fact, that we can always, always change it according to whoever is sitting there in the group. So, um, it just so happened that the, the compositions back then, even before, uh, the Chapman stick came in, there was always me on the keyboards, um, with the piano and our band leader, Eric, he's always a synth guy. Okay. So having two keyboards were in a way essential for the fuse, for fuse box sound to come out because it was always, um, those two parts that are all I think are, are always prominent, but at the same time you won't see the clashes in there because there's a you know um, there's a natural symmet- uh, symmetry going on uh, for the keyboards. Um, and he's really more of a synth player and you could you cannot let him play the piano <laughs> oh. at all. So that that's the real reason for that. So I, I still get to play the piano. Most of the time, especially for the fuse box songs, especially for Pagbalik, even just the intro. So now that it has evolved into more of a... Because you mentioned uh, with the new vocalists around, so be, be, because of the pandemic, uh, we're four again. We're back to four again. So oh. it's me again. It's me again. And uh, our, our drummer now is a girl. And then we have one guitarist and one synth player. Okay, but the nice thing is you know when you get around the, the chapman stick for this long it's it's nice that you can already interpret some sounds that you may have once thought of it for a piano but you know I, I try to uh, rearrange it for this stick and it comes out differently and it ha- it, you know it has a different attack so when, when I when I let them hear it, you know, and they don't um, have negative reactions, and then <laughs> they let me through. So, so <laughs> there. So, so it's not maybe maybe for the early parts of fuse box when I really had to do you know those three things at the same time. Now it's more relaxed. Um, I know now how to make sure that you know, uh, we meddle with the parts very uh very smoothly. We try to rearrange it, uh, so it's not. Because there was one, at one point that, um, I was starting out with, with the Chapman stick and I was singing. And there was one point in, in, in our stint that I really lost my voice, uh, because I didn't think. I didn't think that I was um concentrating enough for my voice and most of some of the some of the fuse box songs were really, you know, high up uh, on my vocal range. And I had to when I was with the piano and just the voice, no no chap and stick at that time, I can concentrate on the voice more. The piano was, you know, a secondary in my mind. Remember if, I don't know if you've uh read this in one of uh Greg Howard's um uh, articles about multitasking and that also hit me about how the multitasking mind does it so he says that you're not really doing it independently you're just make you're just focusing on one part and the one part just stays behind just a little bit because you know it already so that's what's happening in my mind when I do the voice and the keyboard for example the keyboard is you know, like a mechanical thing that you can do already so I can focus on the voice. Now when, now, when the Chapman stick was there, it was between the voice and the Chapman stick. And my voice suffered at that point because I was still learning the Chapman stick. And I thought I could get, get away with not thinking about singing and so with you know
3: <laughs> it's also progressive think, music so I mean there's like there's a lot of i mean like the way the music is structured it is happening really fast
2: that's right that's yeah. right so you know um I guess that's that's the fun stuff with with learning or you know and um, being aware of progressive music it's it's that energy that comes through every song and of course the reactions of of the audience hearing it for the first time' is, Always, always um, fun to watch.
3: <laughs> were they expecting like Taylor Swift? I mean, what were they like expecting, you know? Like- <laughs>
0: when I was younger. Oh yeah, yeah. when I was younger. <laughs> oh wow.
2: So, um, yeah, so, so it's it's really uh, yeah, a great journey with, with the stick musically for me. And now that I can, you know, I can do more with the stick and, you know, seeing all of you play your own stuff it you know it just listening to the music that's coming out there and you know and having these discussions with you guys is just you know really really inspiring because until now you know people are people watching my videos one of them pops up in the comments what is that guitar?
0: <laughs>
1: right.
2: <laughs> they even think it's a sitar at one point because they, they cannot see that, they're, that they're, maybe there's a gourd there somewhere at the bottom,
0: but it's not. So. It's an
1: electric sitar.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> there. Oh. oh,
1: wow. It's a harpsichord. <laughs> okay. I want the audience to know that we did not prime that pump. That remark yeah, that was, was totally unscripted. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Boy. You know, makes wait, way wait. No,
3: hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Abby, you know that, that that sitar joke comes up a lot. Did you know? Were you aware of that in the in the stick realm? Well, not exactly. What What's the
2: joke? I okay, want to hear it. okay. Okay. Okay.
3: <laughs> this is to Vic's point. To Vic's point. Okay. okay so, Okay. 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 Uh, when I think of two instruments that are like wildly different, I think of like, let's say, a synthesizer and like a harmonica, right? So okay. y- you and I know that, and we know that. And like, one, the, like you press one, and then we have to blow air through. And like, you think these are two like to- polar opposite instruments. So uh-huh. as a stick player, you're out there doing whatever it is that you're doing. And, and, <laughs> I feel like a stick snob. I feel like a stick snob, now, but but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And somebody says, "Is that a sitar?" You almost have to stop, like where you are and what you're doing, and go like, "I can't. I just I don't know if you're serious. Are you serious? Because like, there's they're so different. They're so very different. So okay, yeah. So that was unprompted. So that's a part that's kind of become a part of stick lore where we you say it's yeah, it's a sitar, man. It's a sitar." <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen a sitar?
4: The, the, the funny thing it is, wide. it kind of shows they—they they obviously don't know what a stick is, but they obviously don't know what a sitar is because it looks <laughs> nothing. I mean, the stick looks right. nothing like a. I mean, it has strings. It has strings. It has multiple strings. Is like the only like similarity between a sitar. I think and the a, <laughs> only way. Yeah, yeah.
2: The similarity is. Because it has more strings.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Because it yeah. has more
2: strings. I guess
3: that's about it. <laughs> it's exotic or it's different, but it, I used to like take delight in explaining it. And now I'm kind of like, it's a Chapman stick. Go to stick.com. <laughs> you, you know, like, and then there's all these oh, questions yeah. that come along with it. And, and, and um, again, I sound kind of like a stick snob. So
0: clear.
2: Well, I have my template answers already for that. No, okay. <laughs> so, you know, you always I, I well, it's nice when you when you go to the gigs and, you know, and and they're really in awe of the instrument and then you can enthusiastically answer them, right? But usually when it's in the social media, um my my thinking is we're not actually Chapman stick snobs. It's just that we just want people to like, you know, go out there in the internet and type chap stick or something like that or type you know anything that comes to their mind they, they can always type in the search box and sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes that's the thing that that I, i'd like to impart even you cannot really spoon feed them but it's the way it is and you know we have to deal with that <laughs> but you know what the, the what the pun there is um aside from fuse box i don't know if you guys know it already because i have several groups right and um, aside from Fusebox, I use it with my group Manila Sky, okay? So Manila Sky is a is a world fusion slash ambient slash improv group. And we combine different instruments there. So here it is. There's a Chapman stick. We have a tabla player. And our tabla player is really Indian.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: And we have a synth player. And we have a handband player. Okay. So whenever we go out, it's it's really a sight, you know, it's a delightful sight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not me. Misfits. That, these yes,
0: misfits. These misfits with instruments. They're not only
2: asking me, and that's good. And that's nice. I can back away for a second. You don't have to look at my instrument. Sometimes oh, they, wow. Yeah,
1: You're so not the most exotic instrument in the band.
2: Yeah. So sometimes they get curious <laughs> with the hand pants Because our handpan player has... Sometimes he sets up three or four of those. So it's like, you know, um, Ninja Turtles <laughs> with their
0: backs up. <laughs> so...
2: So that's one. He's Filipino, by the way, but he has like four or five of them, I don't know. And then our tablet player is, is Indian, but he has lived here in the Philippines for maybe two decades already. So there, so it's it's really, and and we tie it up with the synth setup with uh, some electronic drums and some, uh, what do you call this? Uh Rolly on the side, a seaboard on the side, and an iPad on the side, or whatnot. So, though, so, so, so we kind of like to play around with those instruments. And so, you know, they can mistake and mistake, mistake the, uh, Chapman Stick for a sitar because of the tabla player on my side. Fair, enough.
1: fair <laughs> enough. Okay, I guess that's. I
4: think that might be the one situation where it's. Yeah, like, we're gonna okay, give you a pass, Abby. We're gonna give you, if you a pass. You got tablas going beside you. Maybe the assumption. Is <laughs> yeah, but fair.
2: still, I can. I, I cannot.
0: <laughs>
3: you're the you're the normal one in that band, right? You're like the normal one. You're like I just play Chapman sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: about Manila Sky? <laughs> I mean, the name sounded... Manila Sky. You've well, tell, about us the about the
3: name, Manila. tell us about but, the yeah, name, but yeah, but also like uh, we we started to talk about the setup for it, and and there was a whole off off mic debate about Manila Sky and Vanilla Sky, and, and now <laughs> we want to know the where the the name came from.
2: Yeah, actually, I re- I already forgot how we came up with the name, but I cannot get past it if it was because of my daughter. <laughs> Because my daughter's name is Maria Sky, okay. <laughs> but you know, um, it just came out. I think I I think that's about it. Um, all of us are living in Manila, <laughs> and we kind of figure out it it suits the music that we do there. We we work on you know um ambient music, improv, fusion, uh with a weird instruments that are on it <laughs> yeah it's it's actually nice because we always say that um whenever we gig we say in in the intro um i hope we can get you to sleep because that's how our music <laughs> feels like <laughs> sometimes we won't get offended uh, we promise <laughs> well, if you so, yeah but it's really like the, it's really nice it, the, the sound of Manila Sky although you know unfortunately we haven't really gotten into the real recording stuff because as I said it's improv so our hand uh, hand, handband player he always tries to record it with, with his zoom but you know um, it's still hard because of the ambient noise and all of that so maybe soon maybe, maybe after the pandemic we'll see how it goes but but it's on our page, some of our music are on our page. And it's nice not to listen to the same song all over again or play it over and over again, because it's it's just how improv, you know, works out. So it's kind yeah. of
3: fun. <laughs> you know, Abby, I, I wanted to, to go in a little bit of a different direction and talk a little bit more technical with you, because sure. I know you like the gear. And I suppose, well, you know, a part of progressive music is kind of being on the frontier of, you know, cool new sounds and technology. And the Chapman stick has certainly found a home in that arena. Um, And I know that you are a a passive four player. And now I know that you're a matched reciprocal player and Mm -hmm. that you've got a Padauk instrument like I do.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. And actually, I don't know if you can see it, like, but actually, I I got my new stick
1: too. um, And Gene, how many strings on your new instrument? <laughs> <laughs> anyways so <laughs> okay it's exactly so like kind of one. running that's a running gag I know.
4: selling a 12
1: string yeah i twelve-string. So I mean, there's a running no, gag I'm, on this podcast when I'm, gene is in okay. his instruments, so you're you're falling well, victim I, to a, an ongoing thing
2: i have two now so I'm, I'm using the bamboo more right now um because that's the that's the one that I really was able to custom with Emmett, so that's pretty special too, you
0: know. Yeah, <laughs> so
4: tell us about that one. Yeah.
2: With a ten-string, okay. So the okay. So let me tell you the story of how I was able to talk and you know exchange emails with with Emmett. So finally, when I got my pattern. And, you know, about a few months after, I said, I think we, I need to change the strings of this. You know, what? the nice thing about the stick is that it doesn't really, you know, um, you don't really have to change it as much because it doesn't really snap, right? Unlike the guitar, because you have to strum it and pluck it. So there's no tension. This is tapping. But they said, hey, you got to change your strings. Look at that. <laughs> so go, okay. So I called them up. I think email first. Email. I emailed them. And the email that I got back was from Emmett himself and saying that he cannot actually believe that his instrument reached the Philippines because he didn't know about the Philippines (laughs) until he heard that there was somebody in the Philippines buying strings. (laughs) So that was one. And then he asked for the serial number because they needed to like update the records. Uh, you know, I think that was really like protocol for, for uh, all of us uh, stick players is to you know register your name with the serial number. So I updated those, and then that's how we I got to meet him and I got to show him um, some of the work, uh, we've done so far with fusebox and all of that. And um, months after, um, I was talking to him already about. Having my own, and so I asked him about which ba- uh, which wood I think was the lightest. That was the first thing that uh, because um carrying the paddock around is it's actually not that heavy um if it's already in in the belt, right? but if you carry it like that or you carry it because it came with a hard case also that time. I didn't have I didn't have the gig bag yet. So it was really, really <laughs> heavy <clears throat> and we didn't have roadies, you know, until now. So it's really <laughs> not easy to carry around. So anyway, so he suggested the bamboo and I said, okay, that's a nice idea to, uh, it's nice a uh, suggestion because we also have bamboo here in the Philippines, uh, living in Asia. So yeah, so email exchanges and then I decided to go with the 10 strings um, just to find the different feel for it you know he he would always be open and how it should sound and what what will be the constant pros for the 12 and the 10 i didn't want to go with another 12 so i decided to go with the 10 but i still decided on the same tuning which was match reciprocal uh mainly because i didn't want to change um, the things that I've learned because before he suggested because he knew that I was playing bass, right? For fuse box. So he suggested that maybe I could do a deep was that a deep mattress reciprocal? I think that was one. And so I tried. So I you know I tried and I was wait, wait, wait. I'm lost. I'm lost. I immediately went back to mattress.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now I can relate. Yeah
2: yeah so it's okay so that was uh that was um the tuning i decided upon so i got the bamboo in twenty when did i get it twenty eleven uh twenty eleven i think yeah twenty eleven or or wait something like that before before we had the uh, uh when we had the second album so yeah so now i so, have two so
1: which one do you play with the band now, now that you have the okay. two of them?
2: Right. So for Fusebox, uh, I really settle on the paddock. It has, I don't know if it's the wood, maybe it's the wood. It has a deeper sound because the strings are the same. The lowest strings are just the same. But there's a kind of you know, low um, frequency there that I really like and that uh, has a very good kick. With the app, so that's what I use for fuse box. But for more of the uh, Manila Sky stuff, the melodic stuff, I prefer the bamboo now. Um, it has a different brightness to it, I suppose, compared to the paddle. So yeah. Are
3: they both passive four pickups?
2: Yep, they're both passive for Um, he was he was actually asking about that if I wanted active or passive. I I. And I said I wanted, always wanted to go with passive because I want to maintain the expressiveness of, you know, or have your fingers sound. Because sometimes when I, even even with the Pass before 4 if I plug it in and if it's too loud for me, especially on the headphones, it kind of, you know, it, it doesn't feel right if it doesn't sit on your ear also when you try to play it. So my settings are always trying to make it as ambient as as i can so that um i can still feel you know i can still hear everything around me so i prefer the pathway more
3: so. you like that back pickup sound
2: yeah yeah, yeah i do i do it's yes. nice well of course i haven't heard um the active ones uh, maybe in some of the recordings but you know um I I asked most of the players and I asked some of the guitar players that I know that use active pickups and even the bass players and that's what they always tell me so it has that you know a very very present sound when it's active and I don't sometimes I don't like that I want to be you know, a little bit laid back and all of that and more natural sounding so.
3: It does present a dilemma if you're going back and forth between them, especially in a live situation, I've yeah, yeah, had some That's hard right. learning lessons in that regards but um I, i'm I'm certainly enjoying the passive pickup. I haven't had one in a really, really long time. I've used the active too okay um and um it was it was just kind of nice to come home to the to the stick up um so it's it's nice, and then you you, just, you can shape it so much more, and that sound is so has a very Rob Martino ish kind of feel to it, you know, that, that, that bridge position and it's very unique. And so the, yeah, the passive four is this, you know, this, it has that darling sound.
1: I can't explain it, you know,
2: that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about gear. Let's talk about gear. Yeah. Let's talk about gear. (laughs) Okay. So, so, okay. Well,
3: do you like pedal boards?
0: Okay, all right. <laughs> <Stop it down>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounded
2: like a guitar player. <laughs> yeah. It's a very okay.
4: open ended question
2: <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. All right, so pedal boards. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I started out with of course I started with analogs. Um I had I didn't buy at first. I, I had this um what was my first one? I think I borrowed a chorus pedal. <laughs> and that sounded really great back then. <laughs> and then I added what? Um, I Oh, I added overdrive. I added an overdrive uh, back then. And eventually, you know, I was trying to um, discover my sound, especially for Box first. Okay, so for Box, I wanted it to have that, that grit, Um, And so I didn't go with distortion, I went with overdrive, I prefer that, that I can still hear the sound of the stick. And eventually I discovered uh, dark glass pedals. Uh, The thing is, you know, because when you use overdrive or distortion with bass, it kind of... Eats it up, especially if the signal. Yeah, if the signal is not really nice, or if the make of, of the pedal is not really nice. But when I discovered uh, dark glass, I st- stuck through it. I'm still using B three K until now. Even if I uh, for a, a few years I went to digital, but I went back to pedals again. So yeah, so it's always been there. What else? Um, reverberate.
3: I like the the demo you did. There was a, a Rush song that you were playing. I think it was um, it might have been Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer,
2: I, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> oh There's yeah. A
3: that really was really So so <laughs> f- so for listeners on the cast, like definitely check. Do a search for uh, Abby's Tom name and, and Tom Sawyer. And um, was that the dark glass that you were using yeah, on that one? Yeah,
2: that was the dark glass. Um, I forgot if I also used the AO with that. Um, because I'm using two pedals for Darkness, the V3K and the Alpha and Omega. So, Alpha and
3: Omega. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So, okay. Time out. Okay, are, right. you a, are you a Carnivool fan?
2: Come again?
3: Carnivool, the band, Australian metal, Carnivool?
2: No, I. sorry. I haven't heard okay. about it.
3: I'll, I'll, send, I'll send over a link. So sure. I, I think they modeled one of the Dark Glass pedals after the, like, basically the requirements that their bassists put forth and um, yeah I think you'll like them they're they're a great band so I'm always kind of pitching their stuff okay so Okay. Uh, g- going back to the okay. Tom Sawyer thing, it was so crunchy and like, I can't, I can't find, I don't know if the, crunchy is the right words, but it was yeah. really fun to listen to and watch you play it. It was really right. cool.
2: You know, Gene, I, I, you know, saying those words, crunchy and all that, because I'm not really at all techy. you know, <laughs> even if you, even if in the settings of, of the distortion. So I always go to our synth guy for that because he always if, if I can hear the notes, uh, when you press it to me, when you play it to me, because I, I can hear the melodies and, of course, he can hear like the frequencies, the, you know, the, the how it's supposed, the, the waveform, you know, looks like or something like that. He can do that. So I always refer to him. And so our, our, um, back and forth that would guy. always be, okay, do you like this sound? Do you like this sound? So that's how we kind of work it out. And, um, the references that I have, not so much with um with other groups. It's more of okay, I like this sound more than this sound. Uh, I don't like this because it's, it's always kind of like that. So that's how I do it with the pedals. And so when I do the demos as well, I just you know try to play or or set it up in a way that I know that I like I prefer the kind of setup and I won't be able to explain it in big detail <laughs> something like that but you know but that's what's uh, nice about dark glass because i remember i was um i tried some of you know the the overdrive pedals um that are available but it's it doesn't really add up to the original uh, Chapman stick sound that you still want to hear. So that's what's nice about uh, B3K and AO. So there. That's what I use with the, the, the Tom Sawyer thing. But then again, when I went to Manila Sky and when I went to exploring other stuff, so th- th- these are fuzzy. where the yeah. reverbs and delays come in. Right now I have two Walrus pedals uh, I use uh, I forgot the names of, of the the delay and the reverb, okay. But for the recording is a different story. <laughs> for for the recording, I use neural DSP. So,
3: so, so that was that was going to be our next question. So, yeah. and, and we'll kind of get into workflow. That question kind of comes up a lot. But when it comes to to recording and really, Claire, I kind of I, I'd be so curious to hear. You know, like your thoughts on recording. Um, like what works and and certainly with like the passive four and those sorts of things how you record or what's worked or what's not worked you know
2: yeah all right ever since uh, I've uh, started recording with the chap and stick I didn't really use the amps or the it's always um, direct and then effects the plugins the plugins we always use the plugins uh, because it well, it's more convenient. That's one. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's predictable. You know, whatever sound you press there, it's, that's going to be the sound of it. Um, compared to if if I plug it in an app and I put the pedals on, you know, more noises come out of nowhere. <laughs> or maybe your, your, your wires are all you know, dirty or something. <laughs> so, you know, um, we don't want that in, in a home recording setup because we try as much as possible to, you know, um, go out of the way and be thrifty and, you know, don't, not go to the recording studio anymore. So, we try our best. So, right now, um, uh, thankfully, I was able to be part of the roster of NeuroDSP. DSP. So, it's nice to explore on what's available <laughs> and, Whatever comes up to their uh, creations, I try to explore it with the chap and stick, and I guess that's the nice thing. Also, is that uh, I'm able to connect with more stick players that you know that can um, explore on different um, effects because really the chap and stick is a very versatile instrument. I've always said this uh, before. You know, you can always experiment on it. Working on it uh, made me feel. You know more than I felt when when I'm just playing the keyboard. Okay, the level of the playing is I'm still I'm I know I'm still there at the. It's not the level that I have on the keyboard right now, but the explorations that are available for the stick is just so you know, enormous. And it's nice to, you know, get inspired and say, oh, I didn't know it could do that before. (laughs) So there's something that, or, you know, you keep on discovering some stuff and you try to work on, you know, and try to figure out what works for you as well. Because as we all know, it's still kind of new. I mean, 1969, you know, and, and the methods are still, it's not standardized. I mean, Greg has his way, Steve has his way. Emmett has his own way and with the tunings that are available, it, there's a vast, you know, uh, word of how we should learn the instrument. And I can't wait for people to, you know, get attached to it as as a primary instrument. I say primary because most of the stick players I know, I, you know, they find it as their secondary instrument or maybe uh, those people who hold it are... 30s 20 uh, 30s above something like that i haven't really seen kids uh touch the instrument uh well maybe because of the size i don't know yet. <laughs> but you know things like that i mean i i always um think of it as it could be something that you know your kid would carry and Oh, I can play this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's kind
1: of a, there's kind of a, a, a tension there because as you say, it's, you know, you didn't actually say this, but you were kind of uh, insinuating that, you know, the Chapman stick, it's the layout is very logical. And um, yeah, I, I'm one of those people I picked it up. Uh, I think I got mine when I was 43. And so, but you know, I could afford it. And for all its simplicity, you know, it's a. If you want to teach little Johnny to play the guitar, you can do that for a hundred bucks if you want to. You know, right. or you, you, you can get them a cheap instrument for a hundred bucks, see if they like it. You can't really do that with a Chapman stick. So, That's unfortunately, right. this yeah. instrument that is that is laid out so logically, it's not really easy to invest in if you're not sure if it's going to take with the individual. I agree. So yeah, so yeah, I'd love to see it in the hands of kids because I think that you know you see you see kids learn to play the piano from an early age that just get really good uh at it because there's a um, you know there's established learning methods and stuff imagine if the same thing were to happen with an instrument like the stick yeah. where it's what you cut your musical teeth on so to speak yeah that so. would be
2: the day and I think Emmett would be you know <laughs> cheering up there <laughs> and saying yes I did it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well he he already did he is ready you know uh, uh he's meant all the world uh, for all the stick players out there and you know has presented us with, with this really really beautiful instrument and i only wish for for it to you know to still thrive and the internet has been really helpful with this uh you know <laughs> whether we like it or not but yeah. and yeah, yeah so that's the big dream <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
3: Tell us a little bit more about your dealings with Emmett. Like what did he said he was surprised to see an instrument in the Philippines. What else did he say?
2: Oh yeah. So, well, you know how he is when he talks uh, in the emails, really, really um, intricate Yeah. <laughs> and detailed. So our email exchanges were quite always, always fascinating for me. So so because he didn't have a Facebook account, right? So before, I think it was sending him some links of videos on Facebook. And he would tell me, I, I watched it on my daughter's Facebook page or something like that. Or maybe dance, I forgot. Probably, probably Grace. <laughs>
3: and, Grace or Diana. So yeah. yeah. Probably yeah, great.
2: so so that I could see it and da, 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 da. and he would end up telling a story about the song. So it's particularly yeah, pagbalik that was really one of the songs that I sent to him and I said this album um has the Chapman Stick on it. This is the first time I recorded uh the Chapman Stick with this album and so I hope you like it. And so he listened through that and after that, you know, we had email exchanges, um, meets, uh telling him that, you know, uh, I went to this school when I presented the Chap and Stick and they were all, you know, uh, amazed at how this instrument is working out and these, this was a, like a humanities class and he was amazed that I was able to, you know, join that kind of uh, like a conference and So it was always fun for him to, you know, he has that kind of wit that's really. (laughs) Wit
3: is the word, playfulness, yeah. (laughs) yeah.
2: And, you know, he has that humor that he just injects in his emails and you're, you know how he is. Like he quotes that single thing and he's going to react on it and, you know, it. The emails can be very long, but very, very uh, interesting. So I missed it. I, I missed him uh, doing exchanges with him, uh, especially from from two or three years ago, because I, because I didn't uh, learn about uh, his uh, illness this late already, you know. Uh, so that was really hard for everyone, too. So. But it was always nice. I mean, if you can see the emails that we were, I would just always send him, hey, check this out. And so when I learned that he didn't have a Facebook, I started, you know, um, being active on YouTube so that I can send him YouTube. Says, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: that's
1: great. That's <laughs> wonderful.
3: You know, he always he always loved playing the universities because there were always good questions. And, yes, and there was a more exactly. emphasis on learning and the openness to new things and being creative and that sort of thing. So I'm sure that was a real treat for him to hear that you were going out to these places of higher education and presenting the instrument in a format where um, it was welcome.
2: Yeah, that's right. And actually that, that experience that happened, maybe I was three or four years um, learning the instrument, maybe four or five. And it was like you know how it is in university universities right they're all looking at you it's not like a concert or it's not like a bar gig where they're just drinking and laughing and maybe they look at you and say oh that's you know a different instrument and they drink again <laughs> well <laughs> when I, <laughs> when i had when i, when I was that in, in that music seminar and people are you know are on the auditorium looking at you and I mean, the mind thing was, I cannot make a mistake at all. <laughs> 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 and and I was, uh, I remember I was, um, I was with some people. I was, I was with my friend musicians. Um, it was like a, a combination of uh, Chapman Sick and classical guitar. And we had... Um, students also to uh, come play with us like an ensemble so that was really nice because we had to rearrange um like familiar songs so that they could hear the chap and stick as well and we were able to arrange um a classical piece even so i went into the bass lines <laughs> so they went into the melodies and stuff so that was really nice too so yeah it was fun of experience although it was really nerve-wracking
3: <laughs> yeah oh i'm sure it always is yeah.
2: yeah, so
3: that was fun. Well, you know, we, we, covered, we covered Emmett and we covered his, his impacts and his wit. We've covered some, some details on gear and we've covered some details on how you came to the Chapman Stick and why you chose music. What comes next for you, Abby? Because no one really knows. And I know you'll probably say you don't know either, but I have a, a good feeling <laughs> that you know exactly what comes next. And I suppose, <laughs> I suppose in this next bit, you know, we all want to know kind of, you know, like we, I, I'm not quite sure what comes next for Abby Clutario. So tell us about the future. And then at some point, tell us how to get a hold of all your wonderful music.
2: All right. So of course, when the pandemic hit on uh, two years ago it's been things are really you know a roller coaster ride for me uh, ups and downs of course I wasn't able to gig for two years um, we still have the same situation here in Manila right now uh, we're still on alert level two I think so gigs are coming by a little bit yeah uh, not so much still so. That's why I was able to focus on uh, recording some music. Okay, right now, I the pending stuff that I have been working on is um, I have some uh, some uh, singles coming out. Maybe I'm gonna put it into an EP of course um, uh, and then I checked
3: out Take Me it was really cool
2: oh thank you thank
3: yeah you. yeah that was really I liked that oh, one yeah, and I, Abby, I watched that also that was great. yeah cool. that was like oh so Abby's back <laughs> it was rad it was really cool
2: <laughs> yeah actually yeah, the thing about it is the, the music I was, I'm putting out there especially on Spotify those are not the planned ones <laughs> The planned ones are still here on the laptop. <laughs> still waiting for their perfect time. But I'm really, really hoping we could I can finally put it out this year. Um, most of them are really for um, the sentimental crowd. Okay. I have really some uh, very nice songs that I've put up. Um, not all stick, but it's vocals and some keyboards and it's pop mostly pop so that's that's one group of songs that i'm really planning to launch this year and also i'm planning remember when of course when you go to my facebook or my youtube pages i have the snippets of the stick um stick um music that i always you know do my one minute of music or just you know, instrumentals that I come up with. I'm planning to, uh, maybe collect all of those into one bunch. Maybe, you know, uh, master it all in one, so it just has a like one collective sound. And then maybe put it out like an EP or or uh, an album or something like that. So it's something that we can, uh, all listen to. Uh, because it's hard to sometimes search it on Facebook too. You know. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, sometimes no. Facebook is horrible for searching. I mean, you can't find oh, anything yeah. on Facebook.
2: I
0: Shoot, know, if I, I
1: know see something that... and then I want to go back to it an hour later, I sometimes can't find it. You know, where <laughs> is it? I
2: <laughs> I get it. I get it. So so that's that's uh, one also that I'm planning to do, and of course, um, you know, um, more stick work from hopefully uh, my bands also. As I've said, um, uh, when, when the pandemic ends, hopefully soon, uh, maybe Manila Sky can already record some stuff that, they, that uh, we've been planning for years. Uh, for As for Fusebox, we'll be continuing with the four-piece setup. Uh, but I'm not sure if um, new songs will be on the works. Maybe some projects, um, of course. Uh, because we still hang out <laughs> we still get to see each other and you know sometimes we jam and uh, so that's another you know uh, another side project that i'm, I'm really hoping that you can cover for this year but yeah uh oh well i'm really planning to put out more videos that can help other musicians you know it might i might it's uh, one of my plans is to put up a tutorial in Filipino for the Chapman stick, because that that's a uh, one thing that's not available yet. I think, um, yeah, uh, I could cover just you know just the basics, something that you know um, Gregor Emmett uh, have already laid out. But I'll try to as much as possible do it in Tagalog so that it's it's easier for for people here to understand.
3: Are you are, are there other? I mean.
2: Other musicians that are interested in the chapstick? No, other act, that actually
3: no. physically have one. Play.
2: Okay. Well, okay. So this is the funny thing that's still, I don't know if it's funny, but, you know, I presently don't know if there are other stick players out here in Manila or in the Philippines. But sometimes I do get comments that, oh, a friend of mine, a friend of mine is learning that instrument or something like that, but it's not just not out there at at, at least in social media. So I haven't really met anyone um, in my realm uh, that's uh, that has a stick and it it is uh, actively playing it. But there are a lot of um, musicians that uh, that I've played with that are interested in in learning it. So sure. that's why I wanted to put it out there. In fact, I remember maybe. Five, six years ago, I was already talking to Emmet of um, the chances that we can bring the stick here in the Philippines. So, like, I would be able to get uh, a store to, you know, put it out there. And maybe I would be able to teach already even just the basics of it. And she, he can uh, send me um, materials that you can sell, just like what he did with... Uh, Who's that again? In the one in Spain?
3: Oh yeah, Guillermo. Guillermo, Guillermo.
2: exactly. Guillermo. So
3: yeah, he's awesome. So, that guy. That guy.
2: Woo. Oh yeah, <laughs> <Guillermo>. that
1: guy. <laughs> that so guy.
2: there. Um, another story with Guillermo. Okay, one bit later. <laughs> okay, so that was the that was the initial plan, but of course, you know, things out here is really really um you know there, there's there's um, the financial challenges here in the Philippines are very uptight you can't just import something if you don't have enough resources for it so we left it at that hopefully in the future um uh, i've been talking to some of the individual guitar uh owners guitar shop owners here and they're really interested with with having the chap and stick around so let's see how it goes (laughs) sure
0: yeah sure
3: there's always room for one more stick player (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, of course, of course and, and I, I was always, you know I'm always um, offering it also to the guitar players that are really, I think that they can do it and it's, come on, I have two Chapman sticks, <laughs> come, come, on, come over to the house
3: <laughs> So Abby, if you had to sell one, if you had to sell one of the oh Chapman...
0: my goodness <laughs> It's like, pick your I favorite hope you have to.
2: <laughs> I know, right because I know you read my mind I was about to go to that. <laughs> that was
3: you don't have to answer that question. A, you don't have to answer that question that's, that's.
2: I know but but I want to tell you the story about how I'm I'm making the decision about it <laughs> because you know I have to right. The first one is something that has already sentimental value because it's the first. it's the Pado and um, you know it, it was it was uh, the one that got me started into it. And it has this really, I really, really love the sound of the grand, the grand stick. And the bamboo, well, this is the costume that I have. This is the one displayed with my picture on it on the stick. And, you know, I don't know if I, I want to let go of it, too. So, <laughs> And I want to have the rails. I want to try the rail stick, too. So, oh, uh, the rail board, yeah. <laughs> the rail board, I mean. Yeah. So it's a hard decision. I don't have an answer, but Good. you don't need to. You so don't to answer actually, that Actually,
1: Abby, you know, we did an entire episode about this very topic. You know, having your first <laughs> stick, getting a second one, did you replace it? And then we, you know, then we got people like Gene that have like you know eight hundred of them in his garage somewhere that we make fun of them. And uh, anyway, oh, you know, and it, it is interesting. You always and want another stick. No, I've got four. Oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> I don't
0: want to go
1: there. <laughs> yeah, so it is. It is interesting. I mean, when I found out, I didn't realize you had two sticks until like. Two days ago, I've been I've been following you on Facebook for some time, but I only just now noticed that your um, your profile picture is two sticks, and I was thinking I was thinking, and so I'm glad you told this story. And you know, okay, given how difficult it is to get a stick internationally, you know, even someone in the Philippines has two of them. You know, it's uh, it it kind of fits right in with (laughs) with with some (laughs) of our discussions over over the course of our podcasts. So. You know, I think we're getting ready to wrap up here. And this has been a wonderful conversation. I think that we could probably go on for another hour and a half if we wanted to. And maybe maybe we'll try and suck you in for another episode sometime. But, uh, Abby, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much. Great. I enjoyed this uh,
2: podcast so much. I mean, it's nice talking to just one person. I mean, I I, I had... <laughs> I had an interview with Finn and it was really nice too, you know. But, oh yeah, that you know, was
1: great. I watched it.
2: It's it's one-on-one and he was so very, really, really nice and a genius. Oh my goodness. I, I cannot imagine. <laughs> and he has been here in the Philippines first and I didn't even, you know, realize that, that he was, uh, he was here. So anyway, and now I'm talking to you know, the three of you. It's really much, you know, a much, uh, warmer conversation
0: <laughs> Well, I'm sure. glad
1: you I'm glad you think that way cuz that's kind of yeah, that was part of our intent uh, when we started doing this is that with more people, it, it, it's it's a great yeah. conversation. So, uh, and so thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for all the content you put out on Facebook. I, I enjoy it. It's yeah, it's wonderful. Fans. It showcases your talent and it's just fun to listen to and fun to watch. It's always fun to watch someone play the stick. Uh, to me, it's, uh, you know, the, the visual aspect of, of the stick is very, very attractive. Uh, yes. And I really love that. And you put a lot of stuff out there that just that just, you know, pushes that button for me and I really appreciate that. Thank you. So Abby, if people want to find <laughs> all this great content that I'm raving about, how do they find you?
2: How okay, do I find you right. online? I'm um uh, I'm almost everywhere. Okay, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, Abby Litario, okay? official oh, but you can just type in my name abby Lutario. i'm on spotify too i've released um, uh, some singles for you to listen to and more to come and where else uh, i'm on tiktok <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: i'm not dancing there i'm sorry <laughs> i'm still putting out some sticks <laughs> stick uh, stick music out there uh yeah what else well, my email, you can,
0: <laughs> facts, <laughs> for, yeah, business,
2: for business uh, ventures,
0: <laughs>
2: contact me. <laughs> so gotcha. there, you can find me just before my name. I'm on Twitter too. So
1: yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, thanks so much. Linda, thanks, Jean and
2: Claire.
1: And thanks to all of you who are listening. And for those of you who are listening, check out Abby. She's really fun to, to, to catch up with on social media. And after that, let me just say that we hope that sometime in the next 24 hours, y'all get the chance to pick up your instrument and play for a while. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers.
0: baby
2: comments. You can contact us by email at tapintimepodcast at gmail.com.